Jordan and they score! And Jeru's got it! He deflected by Antti And the Flyers have some magic left as they win it in overtime. Voracek cutting on in. Voracek to the middle of the shot. He scores! It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. Look at He scores! That's what the people came to see. Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro Giovanni and Dave Morris. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5-Minute Major Radio. Dave here, as always, with my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Mastro Giovanni. Matt, how's it going this evening? It's going well. It's going well. Uh, we were just talking before we started recording here, and we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel with uh, with some topics of discussion for tonight. Uh, I think we're kind of in that that lieu of uh, hockey season is on the horizon, as we will mention uh, later in the podcast tonight. But uh, with it being mid September, things are beginning to look beginning to start ramping up. Uh, and then come this time next week and this time in two two weeks, give or take a few days, we'll be in the preseason. And then in a little less than a month, we'll be in the we'll be back in the mix, uh, as P.K. Subban likes to say, um, of the NHL regular season. And um, things will just be in full swing. So not too much excitement right now, but the, the excitement's coming. Yeah, definitely. I would say the excitement is ramping up. Um, I feel like the Eagles' big week one victory has kind of invigorated the city, whereas the Phillies have decided to let everyone down for the 10th September in a row. Yeah. Um, so I think everyone's kind of pissed off at them. I, I um, need to tell the telltale sign for me at this point is like when the weather starts to get a little bit cooler. Like, not like, I'm not saying it's going to be like 30 degrees, but like when you can wear a hoodie for like the first half of the day. And then it's it's sunny enough, or like it's just it's 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 hot, it's warm, but it's not hot. Where, I mean, as we've had the past couple of days here, it's been in the summer has returned. High, we are a meteorology podcast now, but uh, yes, exactly. We are, we've been in the, the the mid to high 80s with some humidity, and uh, we have some scattered storms. It looks like coming into the area these the next couple of days. So, uh, I mean, the weather's been pretty dicey. So that's like another t- tale. I telltale sign where like you need that hockey weather and you need football like football weather football and hockey weather are like interchangeable where you have that cold little crisp in the air and you you get that you you're you're just it's chilly but it's not cold uh also looking forward to soup season uh so i've had a couple cups of soup on the the chilly days that we've had in the past couple weeks here uh some good wawa chicken noodle no free ads but uh great soup and looking forward for looking forward to it getting cooler outside so Definitely. that we can warm up more with some soup. I know m- my wife, Brenna, we, we have an, a, uh, an, you know, uh, one of the like ninja foodies, like it's air fryer slash dehydrator. It's like the big, like all in one little pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we used that last year. She made some soups out of it and she's been like, when can I bring it out and make soups? I'm like, it's not, it's not like fall. A, it's like yet. a crock pot too. Yeah. Oh man. You it, it, the... it, it it is. It was on our it was on our wedding registry, and we got it last year before we got married. So yeah, I gotta uh, get married so I can get cool shit, dude. You get a whole bunch of free <laughs> cool shit when you get married, and we're doing it again. I mean, once, I have a so. cro- I have a crock pot and an air fryer, which I use a, a lot. So I mean, it's, it's uh, got a it's an air fryer, it's a crock pot, it's got a dehydrator for beef jerky, as you would yeah, know. I might have to invest uh, just a pressure cooker. It would save it's, me a lot of space because I live in a small apartment. So, I mean, I, I need to conserve space. So, if I get a nine-in-one contraption like that, I mean, we're, we're uh, in business. It's awesome. You, I've cooked everything in there from I've done beef jerky, hot dogs, sausages, um, chicken, like you name it, it. It's gone in the air fryer. So uh, I just but, made air-fried Brussels sprouts tonight for dinner. They sound good, but I'm not the biggest Brussels sprout guy. We we are now a food and air fryer podcast. We we started out with hockey, then we went to I, football. Then, I mean, then, I, then I, we went I tec- to meteorology, and now we're on air fryers. <laughs> I texted you today and said it's going to be a mixed bag tonight. Yes, it is. We don't have a lot of hockey related stuff tonight, so if we just have to shoot the breeze here for 
40 minutes and just give some people uh give the people some some tips and tricks about how to use an instant pot or a nine different a nine in one ninja then hey we'll do that exactly i know and if we're talking about dinner you know you did air fried brussels sprouts tonight we did a good old uh cooked a good old flank steak on the cast iron pan with some good old uh craft mac and white cheddar mac and cheese you can't go wrong with cast iron oh no cast iron's the best way but uh, let's say we get the people what they want and do get some hockey news in there. There's really not much um, with it also being closer to hockey season. We will have more to talk about, and we will be going back to an episode every week shortly here because yep. um, things are ramping up. And I feel like the, this, it's, this is the time of year where you record a podcast and you decide, let's do it every two weeks. And right after you record one podcast, the team that you podcast about decides to go, you know what, I know these guys just released an episode, but... Just kidding. We're going to announce news two days after they released their newest show. And that's literally what happened. Our last podcast was sent to you guys back on, I believe, on August 30th. Um, And on September 2nd, the Flyers decided to sign winger Joel Farabee to a contract extension two days after our last podcast. So thanks at NHL Flyers. I'm I'm sure you'll find a way to (laughs) sub retweet me yet again and increase my Twitter fandom. Um, but like being said, Joel Farabee, six-year extension, $5 million average annual value. I mean, what isn't there to love about this? Yes, it is a decent pay raise for Joel Farabee, um, yeah. but the Flyers are definitely paying him for what they think he's going to become and yep. what they've seen from him so far. Um, it goes into the in, into effect during the 22-23 NHL season. And of course, as we all know, Joel Farabee, young Beezer in the mix, as we like to say on Flyers social media, in the, that mixtape is coming soon. Um, left slash right wing, taking the first round, 2018, 14th overall. He's from Cicero, New York, but his dad is from the area, so he's grown up a Philly sports fan, which you just love to see. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, you know, this is a player that the Flyers are hoping they have part of their core and hope that he has become their quote unquote sniper. Um, you know, Matt, I'll let you give your thoughts here real quick. But overall, I mean, I don't think we need to harp on it too long since this is week news that's almost two weeks old at this point. Yeah. But you're looking for you're looking for Joel to elevate on that 20 goal mark that he hit last season. You're looking to, for him to add on to that this year. And I think it's a great deal. It's an easy cap hit to manage. And it's a player who's going to be part of our core for years to come. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say much more than that's already been said. Um, I think, like you said, the the Flyers are kind of, I guess, all in on his future at this point. Um, he does have his last year of his ELC will be this upcoming season. And then, like you said, that new contract will kick in next year. Um, but he's shown a lot of promise so far. Um, a little bit slow out of the gate when he first came up to the team for the long haul. But, I mean, again, I think he was arguably our best player last se- uh, yeah, last season. Um, mm-hmm. And that got kind of lost in the, all the, the the crap that went uh, along with last season as well. But, I mean, I think, again, like like you said, if, if he can elevate his game and continue to elevate his game and just continue to, to build on his offense, to build on even his, like, defensive side, I mean, just to become a well-rounded player – um, and be uh, a top six guy, I think that's going to be a steal of a contract uh, compared to other guys that are either similar to his age or just similar players. Like, uh, in general, I'm trying to think of anyone off the top of my head. But, I mean, it's a good contract for a good, uh, hopefully a good player who just continues to get better. Um, but, yeah, I, like you said, we're not going to harp on this too much because it's old news at this point with the way that the news cycle continues these days. Um, but, Good signing and young Beezer staying in the cut. Yeah, and so just some some quick little fun facts about Joel Farabee. Um, this is of course from from the Flyers website NHL.com. Uh, last year, last season, 2020-21 was his second in the league. 38 points, 20 goals, 18 assists in 55 games. He only missed one game last season due to having COVID or being in COVID protocol. His 20 goals led the Flyers in scoring, and he became the second youngest Flyer since Eric Lindros to lead the team in scoring in a single season. 
He scored 12 more goals than he scored in all of 2019-2020, his rookie season, in which he only had eight goals in 52 games. Um, and his 38 points last season were a 17-point improvement from the previous season. Um, 17 of his 20 goals came at even strength, which is pretty big, some nice five-on-five scoring. Maybe up that a little bit more on the power play coming up here in the future. And a little fun fact, in 2020-21, the past season, he was awarded the Pelle Lindbergh Memorial Trophy as the most improved player as voted by his teammates. And, of course, in a total, he has a total of 59 points in 107 regular season NHL games in the part of two seasons, um, 28 goals, 31 assists. And, of course, he has five points in 12 Stanley Cup playoff games. So, overall, those are all good things for a nice young player that you'll yeah. take the next step with. And hopefully he does because he's probably going to be the next player I buy a jersey for whenever I'm allowed to buy a jersey. So, I gotta buy a heart jersey. That's another I, thing. We can go mixed bag here again uh, before we get into our next Flyers topic. But I gotta figure out who I'm gonna buy a jersey for. Actually, <laughs> this sounds terrible. I have a Nolan Patrick jersey, uh, so tough look for me at this point. Nolan Patrick, who still has not signed a contract with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, um, I need to find uh, like a tailor or a seamstress uh, who can potentially remove those names those letters and the number from the back of that jersey so i can possibly get someone new on the back do you know if it was heat pressed or hand stitched uh i think i bought it online so it's so probably probably heat, heat pressed, pressed which means i don't think there's much you can do well maybe i'll put hartnell's name over it in tape <laughs> that or i don't know burn it i don't know yeah, I'll figure it out. But I mean, it's a good jersey. It's the uh, it's the old. Uh, I guess it was the stadium series, the black jerseys at Heinz Field against Pittsburgh, and then it was the alternate for uh, a few games. I really like the jerseys, but I mean, obviously the guy it on still the still is back, our current alternate jersey. Yeah. All right. So yeah, but I it, mean, it is a six sweater. Yeah, but tough look for me. Anyway, uh, Dave, on our next topic of discussion here. Yes, yes, definitely, indeed. Um, Master, I'll let you take the reins on this one. Sounds good. So, um, I think this is, a, again, arguably, possibly a polarizing figure in the Flyers uh, community. Um, I guess more of the fan base than the community. But um, on September 9th, last week, um, it was announced that USA Hockey was going to be inducting I must said indicting. That's not the right word. <laughs> um, inducting Paul Holmgren into the United States Hockey Hall of Fame as a member of the class of 2021. Uh, Holmgren was quoted saying, I'm deeply humbled and enormously grateful to be bestowed this honor by USA Hockey. Growing up in Minnesota and reflecting as far back as I can remember, United States Hockey is a program that I've looked up to and always strive to be a part of. I am incredibly proud, proud to have had the fortune to wear and represent the red, white, and blue during each and every occasion I've been asked. I would also like to extend a congratulations to each of the other inductees, all of which I'm honored to be included in a class with. Um, Holmgren, as I I just called him. Uh, Paul (laughs) Holmgren, he's a native of St. Paul, Minnesota. He's currently serving as the Flyers' senior advisor after a remarkable 40-year tenure with the organization that has spanned nearly every role with the team. He's the only individual in the franchise's history to serve as the Flyers' player, assistant coach, head coach, general manager, and president, and he also spent time as the team's director of pro scouting from 1995 to 99 and assistant GM from 1999 to 2006. Um, I mean, if you're a Flyers fan and you don't know Paul Holmgren, why are you a Flyers fan? You don't deserve to be here. No offense. <laughs> but, um, I mean, like like the article said that I'm getting off NHL.com and the Flyers website, he's pretty much had every position in the Flyers organization uh, as a player with the Flyers. He had 138 goals, 171 assists for a total of thir- th- 309 points, not 39, um, had 1600 penalty minutes, which are the second most in franchise history, assuming behind Dave Schultz and was named to the 1981 NHL all-star game. Um, he also again had distinguished work with the USA hockey program in 1974 at just 19 years old. He was a member of the United States junior national team at the world juniors and played for the United States at the 1981 Canada cup tournament. 
He also served as the GM of the 2006 United States men's national team, as well as the assistant general manager of both the 20, 2006 U.S. Olympics men, men's ice hockey team and Team USA at the 2016 World Cup of Hockey. Behind the bench, he served as an assistant coach for Team USA at the 1998 Olympic Winter Games and the 96 World Cup of Hockey. He was selected to join the U.S. Men's National Team Advisory Group back in 2009, which was formed in February of 2007 to assist USA Hockey with the selection of players and staff of U.S. Men's National Teams, including the Olympic team. In 2014, he received the Lester Patrick Trophy in recognition of his outstanding service to hockey in the United States. Um, it's clear cut here that he deserves to be in the United States Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, and I mean, he's just, he's a flyer through and through, but also just, a just a GD American, Dave, um, <laughs> GD so, American, like, I mean, you gotta love it. Congrats to homegrown. We've, we've ragged on him in the past for things that he has done as the general manager, but, um, I, can we say all is forgiven? I mean, I, <sighs> Most is forgiven? I feel like most is forgiven. He did turn around a slumping team that led us to almost, you know, almost a decade where the Flyers were, you know, they were a Stanley Cup contender. At least for a period of five to six years, they were in the mix every year. Yeah. Um, and it just came to an end. You know, his end tenure with organization really didn't end that well with a lot of couple questionable moves. Um, but you know, at that point he had kind of extended his time, his time had expired here. So it was really, it was time to move on and take the team in a new direction. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say everything's forgiven. You know, if I, you know, he, he, you know, he single-handedly, he took a team that finished last overall in the NHL in 2006, 2007, uh, with a second overall pick and he made them reach the Eastern conference final the very next season with the moves he made that off season. I mean, yeah. ev- we're not going to go over those moves again, obviously, because every if you're a Flyers fan, you know what trades he made that offseason. You know let's what signings he made. Turn back the dial. You know that was that that was a summer of awesome. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it, it's it's it is a no brainer here. Um, we can also touch on something. This kind of segues Mastro into something we didn't even think about discussing on tonight's podcast. So it really is a mixed bag. But he is also a nominee for to go into the Flyers Hall of Fame this yep. season as well. Um, the Flyers did make some changes to the voting in system. So yes. if you like, I can address the other nominees along with him. I mean, I think we only need to address one in my opinion. Oh, I mean, there's a couple. We no, should... I know. I know. I'm being, I'm being completely biased in that aspect. But, yes. Uh, go ahead, Dave. I'll let so, you do it. Besides Paul Holmgren being up for uh, election in the Flyers Hall of Fame, you have Simone Gagne, who played 691 games for the Origin Black. 264 goals, 271 assists for 535 points. You have Bob Kelly, 741 games played, 128 goals, 168 assists for 296 in points. Then you have Lou Nolan, who has been, you know, he is right now, I would say, the face, you know, of, of Flyers hockey. That that's not like an athlete. Yeah. Um, He's been, he was in the Flyers PR from 67 to 72, and he's been the PA announcer for the Philadelphia Flyers since the 1972 season. Uh, I mean, Lou Nolan, what, what else can you say about him? Um, then you get into a couple questionable nominations in my mind, because while these two players were excellent and one is in the Hockey Hall of Fame, they kind of had their success with some arch rival franchises and I remember them more for their moments playing against the Flyers than I do with them as a member of the team you have Mark Recchi 602 games played with the Philadelphia Flyers 232 goals 395 assists for 627 points but he won all of his Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins Carolina Hearn Carolina Hurricanes and Boston Bruins and you've got Rick Tockett who won all of his cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins, but 621 games played, 232 goals, 276 assists for 508 points. Won all as a player and coach, won all of his Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. So to me, ultimately off the hop, if you are a, I don't, I don't care what your numbers are based off of being a Philadelphia Flyer, but you won with the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
To me, that is an automatic, uh, you are done, crossed off the list forever. And Rick Tockett, he left. He was a Flyers TV announcer analyst. Yeah. And he left that job to go coach the Penguins. Yep. So that's like double like stab in the back. Um, and I get hockey's a business, and he was traded or signed there, then came back to Philly. Both Ricky and him did it. But at the end of the day, you won championships for the second, the the second best, the little brother wannabe city in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So screw screw you, Mark Recky. Screw you, Rick Tockett. And I know that's going to be a controversial take because Sharp people words. put up some great numbers with the Flyers, and Rick Tockett is a former captain. But winning with Pittsburgh and winning with Boston and winning with Carolina, that writes you off in my book. To me, out of all of these nominations, it's either got to be Lou Nolan or Simone Gagne. And I love Gagne, one of my all-time favorite Flyer players. Love him to death. I don't think this is this is his year personally. I think he gets in next year. I think this year you have to give it to Lou Nolan just because it's Lou Nolan. The fact that he's not in there yet is almost an insult. Yeah. Gagne will have Gagne will have his time. Gagne will be in the Flyers Hall of Fame without a doubt. It's just a, it's it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. This year you got to give it to Lou. That's just just my two cents. I mean, <laughs> I I I dread the day that I go to the Wells Fargo Center and there is Lou Nolan no longer calling Flyers PA announcer games. It's it's even weird now if Lou's sick and and you have the other Keith Jones who calls the game. It's just, it doesn't have the same vibrato, the same ambiance, the essence, the the air even tastes different. The essence. Lou, this, the uh, Flyers' what, essence is different. What air are you tasting about Lou Nolan? I mean, it's, it's Lou Nolan. The, the dude, is he's been with this franchise forever. He's seen them at their highest highs and their lowest lows. He, he's got to go in, 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 in my opinion. He, he just has to. And then yeah. uh, and the Gagne goes in next year. Uh, I mean, again, like I said before, when we mentioned this, I'm going to be biased. Uh, I think Gagne should be the one that gets elected. Um, I do think Lou Nolan is definitely uh, one of the, the top deserving candidates as well. Um, it's tough. I mean, all these guys, obviously, they did have success with the Flyers. But like you said, Dave, Recky and Tockett had success, bigger successes elsewhere. I mean, hell, any player that wasn't on the Flyers in 1974-75 or 73-74 has had better successes other <laughs> in, on other teams, sadly. Yeah. Uh, sad tweet there for the, the Flyers <laughs> Cup drought. But, uh, I mean, and, I, and again, I think, like, yeah, I think if I had to pick between the two, it would be Lou Nolan and Simone Gagne. Gagne is my favorite player of all time. Uh, as I said in that that fabled video that was on Flyers Twitter uh, a few months ago, uh, when we were uh, both when we were both toasted off of Pink Whitney pregame, yeah, responsibly. Um, but uh, as I said with my mustache, that is going to be back soon. Uh, but uh, I've had that you know, the Gagne jersey I've had for like over 15 years now. Uh, it's like a, I think it's an adult large somehow still fits. Uh, I. Pretty much, I've probably grown with that jersey, so that's probably why it still fits. You've but, stretched uh, it out over time. You've you yeah. made it. You've made it adapt to your adult form. Exactly. Um, but I mean, I've Gagne by far my favorite player of all time for the Flyers, Simone Gagne. Um, just some iconic goals that he scored in the in the franchise's history. Um, I mean, most notably, I would say would be that 2010 goal against the Bruins in Game Seven to give the Flyers that four three lead in the I game. Mean, he did a lot in that series. He scored the OT winner in Game Four. Yeah, I believe he scored a tying goal in Game Five or Game Six, and yep. he, the game winner in Game Seven. And then you can go back to earlier playoff runs in 04, Game yep. Six overtime against Tampa. He forces Game Seven. That legendary yep. Gary Thorne call. Well, I mean, now you're just you're feeding right into my hands and campaigning for Simone Gagne here, Dave. Hey, listen. listen. <laughs> I am perfectly. If Gagne were to get in first over Lou Nolan, I would not complain. I just say, all right, Lou goes in next year. But yeah. my personal is, I would just do Lou and then Gags. That, so that's just my too, personal preference. Yeah. One thing too um, is like, I mean, there's guys on this list. There's guys that aren't even on this list that I think are deserving of their their chance and their time. 
Um, Danny Briere. Briere, Kimo Richards. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I would put Richards in there. He, yeah. I mean, it wasn't... <laughs> Looking back at it now, I feel like he had a, a that, little bit of like a complicated legacy. Yes, and I mean, I feel like that team. I mean, even Richards now has come up, well, come up and said he's like, if that team wasn't broken up, they would have won a championship. But the locker room hated each other, and there was a whole lot of off ice drama. But I mean, maybe made captain too early. But I mean, he really was the stamp. Of like when I was getting back into hockey, it was Gagne and Richards and Danny Briere yeah. that yep. really cemented my love for the sport again. Um, yeah. So, and Kimo Timonen. I mean, I, I think those guys got to go in. Personally, it's at some point. Briere is now working back with the franchise again. So, we'll see. There's yeah. there there's a lot of good names that deserve to go in. You know, the Flyers Hall of Fame is a big honor. It's not like getting your jersey retired or anything like that, but it's still, it is a big deal. And the Flyers always put on a great, uh, a great pregame show before, before that induction. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think we, oh yeah. I mean, if Gagne, I'm, my, one of my other friends just texted me and said, if Gagne gets inducted into the hall of fame for the Flyers, we're getting a box. Like we're getting a suite. Um, oh, I'm, and I'm, I'm already like, in. I'm like, I would not miss that for the world. So, I'm already in. Yeah. Um, but I think we can segue here from former Flyers to future Flyers um, with the Flyers rookie camp opening tomorrow, September 16th. Um, it is the 2021 rookie camp, which will begin tomorrow, Thursday, uh, at Flyers Training Center in Voorhees, New Jersey, the home of the Flyers practice facility. If you didn't know that, now you do. Uh, the camp itself will consist of on-ice sessions for the first two days and end with two rookie games against the New York Rangers. The Flyers rookies will take on the Rangers rookies on back-to-back days beginning Friday, September 18th at MSG Training Center in it's Tarrytown, Saturday, New York. September, it's September 18th is a Saturday. Oh, they got it wrong in the release. Uh, <gasps> at Flyers, typo. Saturday, September 18th, at the MSG Training Center in Tarrytown, New York, and the following day, Sunday, the 19th, at the Flyers Training Center back in Voorhees. Uh, if you want to see the full roster of attendees, you can go to the Flyers website and look at that. I'm not going to read it because it's a lot of people. Um, but expected and notable attendees include first-round draft picks Tyson Forster, Morgan Frost, Cam York, and several others who have made their debut in the NHL, such as Wade Allison, Jackson Cates, Tanner Lazinski, Maxim Shusko, and Igor Zamula. Again, like I said, you can find a full roster attached to the article. Um, the rookie camp does precede the Flyers' main training camp, which begins technically on Wednesday, September 22nd, but on-ice sessions themselves will begin on Thursday, September 23rd, so a week from tomorrow. You can also find more information about uh, that main camp um, on the Flyers website, mainly right now just how the attendance will be. Uh, I'll just read this quick. Uh, the training center will be closed to fans during rookie camp from September 16th to the 19th, but the team will welcome fans back to the facility when training camp begins next Thursday. Final information about health and safety precautions for fans will be released closer to camp itself. Uh, I would assume it's going to be some form of masks or vaccination status or anything like that. Limited capacity. Um, so if you want to see Flyers training camp, wear a mask, get vaccinated, one of the two, both of the two. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I, like we said at the beginning, things are beginning to start. Uh, I know that's kind of redundant, but... That's what it's. That's what it is at this point. Uh, where redundant, see redundant. Come, come tomorrow. We will have some, some form of Flyers hockey. It won't be anything uber special, but I mean, rookie camp starts tomorrow, followed by next week, uh, the official training camp, and then on the twenty eighth of September, uh, this month, just thirteen days from today, less than two weeks. We have the Flyers' first preseason game against the New York, New York Islanders at the Wells Fargo Center. So, uh, like I said, folks, hockey's right around the corner here, and it's, Pumped. I mean, it's all beginning to start. It is all beginning to start, and I definitely, 
will be going to a couple preseason games. I will, I will find a way to at least get to one or two of those at home just because I need to be back in the Wells Fargo Center watching this goddamn hockey team. Fans got to warm up too. And precisely. Make sure you stretch out, maybe have a couple beers, get loose. You, you got to warm up the opening the wallet for the $12 Miller Lite, you know? Yeah. Or or, yep. or, or Labatt, whatever your preference is. $12 for crab fries. I'm gonna have to open, I'm gonna have to take out a, a loan to go back to Flyers games these these days. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. Indeed. But hey, if a team is good, I will pay to see them. That's what Precisely. it comes down to at this point. Because Precisely. I did not want to pay a single cent to see the absolute dumpster fire that was on the ice last year. I didn't even want to watch the dumpster fire on my TV last year. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, fans can come back now," and they're like, "We don't want to." I don't don't know about that. So, um, but anyway, Dave, I think that wraps it up for tonight with the Flyers uh, for us. We do have a couple fun topics to talk about when we go around the league here. But again, we don't have much to talk about around the league anyway. So uh, let's say we take an ad break and we go around the league. You, you read my mind there. So with that, we will be right back here at 5 Minute Major Radio. And we are back here at 5 at Major Radio. And I don't want to humble brag, but Master, I don't know if you know this, but we took our ad break at exactly the 30-minute mark of the podcast tonight. Killed so it. Un- unintentionally, very impressive. Hell yeah. But with uh, that, oh, we can go around the league. So um, I don't have an official release for this, and it's bad radio and bad podcasting. I don't have the official date. But Dave, if you can maybe give me the assist here. Uh, we were talking about this beforehand. Um, if you didn't know, this is also kind of old news at this point, but it was made official last week or almost two weeks ago that the NHL will be going to the Olympics next year in 2022. Uh, I believe the Olympics are in Tokyo. Um, but uh, they were... they're, No, they're in Beijing. China? Yes. All right. Um, but... Yes, I, ha- I, have, I have the article up. Take it away, then. So, in an agreement, this is back. This is from an article by Emily Kaplan of ESPN on September 3rd. Yet again, right after our last podcast, curse you, ESPN. Um, But an agreement was reached between the NHL, the NHLPA, and the IIHF and the IOC that NHL players will participate in the 2022 Olympic Games in Beijing. Um, The agreement does carry an opt out clause. Um, the NHL and NHLPA can pull out of the Olympics should COVID-19 conditions worsen, or if the 22, 21-22 NHL season is disrupted by cancellations and the league feels it needs the Olympic break to use to make up games. Um, the deadline per ESPN is believed to be in early January. There's no set date for that just yet. Yeah. Um, of course, as we all know, the NHL did not participate in the last Winter Olympics in 2018 in Pyeongchang. It was essentially World Juniors and KHL players part two and the Russian cheating uh, Olympic athletes won it because they had all their pro players there, except for the few that play the NHL. Uh, screw you, Russia. Sorry, not sorry. Um, yada, yada, yada. The NHL, the NHLPA, and then the IHF and the IOC, that is a mouthful, have been negotiating on again, off again, all summer long. And they finally passed through some arbitrary bylines and came to an agreement this was something that, you know, it, it was bound to have happen and it needed to have, ha- have happened. You had players like Ovechkin who were saying, I don't care what the NHL does. I'm going to go play in the Olympics. And, yeah. I mean, Team Canada is going to be murderers row. <laughs> you yep. potentially are going to have your, your top three centers, Crosby, McKinnon, and McDavid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all four it's, of their lines are going to be unreal. It's in like and there's and the their goaltenders, like, their defense. I mean, they're going to be oh, like you said, it's going to be murderers row. That whole it, roster. It, there's there's the whole debate of oh which flyers could go. You know, Lindblom maybe could make Team Sweden. Ristolainen will probably play for Finland. Um, you have to think if Carter Hart plays well, maybe he's a third goalie for Canada. Sean Gatterier, I feel like should be on that Canada roster. Um, but it's going to be really interesting. And Team USA should shape out good. You know, who knows? Joel Farabee, Kevin Hayes, make Team USA. Um, that would be kind of cool. Keith Yandel, maybe. I mean, you never know. It's all, it's, you know, all hypotheticals at this point. And they're, um, our good pals over at Pottery Bullies, our affiliate podcast, a couple episodes ago for their podcast, had a good kind of debate on as 
who they think should or should not go to the Olympics based off of their personal opinions. So um, I don't want to give away that whole entire podcast for those who want to listen because you should listen because it's an, it's an excellent program. Um, they kind of went, they did, they took a deep dive into the Olympics, whereas we're just kind of giving you a, a little glossy surface at it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's just good. The fact that you're going to have NHL, you're in the best, best hockey players in the world back at the Olympics back for the best sport in the winter Olympics. Um, I know I didn't even watch the Pyeongchang winter games just because of work schedule and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I don't, like I just watched the Royal juniors. I don't want to watch amateurs again. And I know Russia's going to win because they've got all their KHL superstars. So like, yeah. what fun is that? So this year now it's actually, you're going to have every team is going to be an all-star team with their respective country members. So it's, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Um, I'm not looking forward to the game start times, being that it's in China. Um, this is also huge for the reason. The NHL is trying to expand into China yep. and gain that market ship. The KHL already has a team there with the cool and red star. The NHL has started to play preseason games in China. So th- this is this is huge. You need to market your athletes to the best of your ability, and going to the Olympics does that. So that is kind of the uh, the skinny there on the NHL, IIHF, IOC agreement. Sounds good. I don't really have any other thoughts besides what you said. Uh, so I'm just excited to see Olympic hockey back. I'm hoping I, I, I will say this. One last thing on the Olympics. I hope Nike redesigns every country's jersey because this design they have been using for the past couple of years that they had debuted back in 2018, at least I know for Team USA, are atrocious, except for the throwback uniforms. I mean, what? yeah. There's only wear. one. Op- there's only one option for Team USA, and it's the 1980. Got to wear the 1980 throwbacks. Yeah, that is, it's non-negotiable. Yep. So that that's all I have to say about that. Unless they do, uh, the World Juniors was it three or four years ago now when they played outdoors at the Bills Stadium, USA they wore and Canada. Those Bill mock the Bills, uniforms. the Bills inspired jerseys. Those were sweet. I mean, you can't do those for the Olympics because they're not gonna like be like, oh, let's do an NFL inspired jersey for the Olympics. Um, but those were good jerseys. But yeah, USA hockey, you gotta go with the classics here. I mean, have to. Maybe if there's a way to like put a a modern spin on that, I don't I don't know off the top of my head. But I mean, yeah, Nike, do something cool. Don't do any boring. I don't know. Spice it up a little bit, like you said, Dave. That'll be one of our jersey watches. Oh, speaking of that, we had two jersey watches recently. Look at that. We're just we're finding new topics on the fly here. That's how we're doing. That's what happens when you get. It's what happens when you're two weeks before the start of the season. It's just like, well, what do we talk about tonight? Let's just roll with it and see what see what pops in their head True. during the podcast. So it keeps our listeners on their toes. Dual jersey watch came out last week. Yeah, last this past weekend. No, Labor Day weekend. Sorry, I'm trying to think about when this happened because I'm going on the fl- off the cuff here. Ooh, um, what, when, why, where, and how? We had the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues release their Winter Classic jerseys for the upcoming upcoming 2022 Winter Classic at Target Field in Minneapolis, Minnesota, I believe, home of the Minnesota Twins. Um, but yes. both jerseys, I will give. You can't see it, but I'm giving two thumbs up. Those of you who are listening can't see it. Dave can. Um, I can see. But two thumbs up, one for each jersey. Actually, two two thumbs up for both jerseys. So that's four thumbs up. Uh, that's a lot of thumbs. But um, if you want to, just Google it. Look up their Winter Classic jerseys. Uh, the the Wilds are nice. Like, they're sweet. Uh, no. You don't no. like them? No. I'm giving four thumbs. Two thumbs up for St. Louis's. I think those are fantastic. You're going two thumbs I, down. I two thumbs down on the Minnesota Wilds jersey. Oof. I hate them. Uh-oh. I think they are busy. It, it's a good. It's like oh. it's. It's like if that jersey's like a group project. It was like there's a there, like there's three helmets on there that are really nice, and then there's that last person who like barely talked to everyone didn't pull their end and you have to add on their stuff at the last second and it brings your whole presentation down. And that's what I feel like the Minnesota Wild. It's just, it, it's busy. There's too much going on. They overuse some of their current colors and there's weird designs. I'm like, it, in theory, like in theory, I see what the idea was and I see what could have been good. 
And then the end result is just like, nah, bruh. Not, not, not for me. Now, the St. Louis jersey, I think it's fantastic. That is a, a classic sweater already. But Minnesota, nah. Not a fan. Uh, I mean, St. Louis, wear, didn't they wear these jerseys already for the most part? I mean, St. Louis only has so many jerseys in their history to go off of, so you're doing another variation of some of the jerseys they've already worn. Um, I do like the off-white, like the cream-colored. Uh, I don't know. I think I like Minnesota's a lot. Um, I like the fact that they have the tan gloves and the tan pants. Those are sweet. And then they have, I don't know, I just like, we're, we'll we'll agree to disagree here, Dave. That's per- Fine, maybe you know what? We have maybe, four thumbs either way, but precisely. Two different styles. I mean, I'm looking at the jersey now, and for those who are listening to our podcast, and I recommend that you pause the show right now, you go search for these jerseys online, look at them yourselves, and then come back and rejoin the podcast. Um, well, I just feel like with, with Min- like you didn't need like the I'm fine with the horizontal stripes on the sleeves, makes sense. But the two, like on like the belly button line and the and the nipple line, you didn't need. Yeah, I, I think, mean, I think that's... the one, the chest, the chest one, I I can agree with. But I think the waistline is like the waistline. I think works. Classic hockey jersey where you have something like that, and, and I then, like the shoulders. The shoulders. I like. Fine. I said I, I like the gloves and the the pants. I and do the, not the like patch the, on the pants. Is sick. I do not like the tan patch on the elbows either. I'm like, you're trying too hard to look old school at this point. Like, in there, like I said, there are in theory some really good elements with this jersey, and there's just a couple things that go. But why? Yeah, I don't know. I like it. Hey, agree to disagree. That's the great thing about this podcast. Master and I, believe it or not, are not <laughs> always going to agree on stuff. A rare, a rare, a rare occurrence. Very rarely happens. Because we we are just so smart with our hockey knowledge. I mean, True. but every once in a while, Ted's got a butt. It's fine. It's fine. Jersey watches back though. I'll tell you that. And I think she we're gonna get back with spicy takes. I think we get. We hopefully will get more. See, I want them to. That's another thing too. I'll I'll gripe here for a second while we're we're on the jersey situation. I think they should bring back the reverse retro jerseys again. I think they should. Yes, I completely agree. Like, why? Why would you do that when a you have a shortened season and b you have no one in the stands for seventy five percent of the year? It was literally. I understand it was a TV thing. It was a TV and and revenue thing thing for the teams. But I mean, if I'm the Flyers, I still wear those. I think those jerseys. I'm gonna. If I wear jersey when I go to any I also didn't buy year, one, so I need them to be available for me to purchase. You know, I got one from the the, the, the grandparents' clause for Christmas yeah. last year, so you know I got very lucky. Grandpa clause, but you, you know, more like grandma clause. Grandma clause. Gra- grandpa just said, "Here, here, Betty. Here's the credit card. Here's the money." <laughs> uh, Total dad move. Lo- love you, Nate and Betty. And that's for the grandparents. For those who. Uh, do I know? I believe listen from time to time, but uh, yeah, like I said, when I'm going to a game this year, I'm wearing my Drew first retro jersey, unless I have to change it up because I do keep wins and losses records for each jersey during the season, and I am that one could say anal. But if I wear a jersey one night and the team loses, the next game I go to, I am not right. wearing that jersey. But if they it. no, I just put it back in the closet right, and I go to the. New one. Then I go to the next jersey, and then if they win while I'm wearing that specific jersey, I wear that jersey until the team loses. All right, it's, I can live just, with that it's, logic. It's just it's a superstition. I do it. I do it with the with all the sports teams. Like I've got this year with Phillies games. I've got a Bryce Harper jersey, and I've got like a a like an old school Phillies like throwback baseball tee. And I got the hats that match for both. So this year I alternate between wearing the old school look or the Bryce Harper jersey with the new school hat. They finally won with the Bryce Harper jersey and fill in the new school hat the other night. I don't think I'm going to any other game this year, but you know it's just what I do. Just what I do. Like for the Eagles, I've got Fletcher Cox and I've got I have a Carson Wentz jersey. And I'm gonna have to do something with that. And then I've got a Zach Ertz jersey too. So it's like you know you got to change it up. So. 
actually, while we're we still get, on, while we're still, we should on get Jersey, back to hockey though. We're still on jerseys though, because I have uh, some breaking news slash a thought that I forgot that I forgot about as well. Um, the Avalanche, Dave. I know you're a fan of the Avalanche jerseys. They've ruined them even more. They have made more changes to them in the fact that they have made the numbers for the away jerseys light blue. Thoughts? Do not like. They they have... <laughs> I think they, they've... They, if I thought I hated these changes they made last season, I hate them even more now. You took one of the best colors color palettes in the entire league with the burgundy that like royal blue white silver and black it was awesome it worked together it was different because no one else had these type of color schemes and then you know, you know what we're just gonna get rid of the black and we're gonna throw more blue on there so like, it, it looks like i'm not sure if this is the right picture because this is from august 5th but i did see one earlier today but i can't find it so if this is the right picture and i could be inaccurate here um, believe it or not, I am wrong once in a while, but the numbers are, the number is blue with a burgundy outline. Yes. But the nameplate, the name is all burgundy. is all burgundy. Yeah. Let's just pick a couple colors there, Avs. I, I really, I, I don't get it. I do not get it whatsoever. I, if this was Adidas's idea, if this was Colorado's idea, if this was NHL's idea, you have dropped the ball big time, and you have ruined, ruined one of the best uniforms in hockey. Soiled it. It's it's done. Like it's oh, it pains me. It pain like I I was okay with the blue pants and the blue and white gloves last year because you still had the black in the numbers, and I was like, you know what? And they still had the yeah. black nameplate. I'm like, that's fine. You still have it there, but man, it's just. Oh. Colorado Avalanche, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Fair enough. But, Dave, we can segue into our last topic of discussion tonight, our last concrete topic of discussion, because we've had a lot of ones that have come out of the weeds um, as we've gone along. But um, as it was announced yesterday, if you didn't know, the NHL is coming to TNT this season um, and we'll have a star-studded game and studio commenter commentator team sorry um so i'll just read through the list here and go over this article i found on bleacher nation never heard of this website but uh, it looks to be accurate to my knowledge um, you ever heard of bleacher nation i've i know bleacher report but i've never heard of bleacher nation huh, huh. anyway back to our scheduled program uh in the studio we have analysts Wayne Gretzky, heard of him, Anson Carter, Rick Tockett, and Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty, uh, hosting the in-studio show. We have Liam McHugh. For game broadcasts, we have um, we have an A and a B team, as the article says. The A team will be Kenny Albert along with Eddie Olchek for color commentary. Um, and then we have Brendan Burke along with Darren Pang for uh, color commentary as well those play-by-play and analysts uh, throughout the games and at ice level they're calling it now formerly known as between the glass we have keith jones which i am excited about because he's a great broadcaster a lot of these guys are um actually all of these guys are and contributing Except for kenny albert yeah i'm not a big kenny albert fan but you live you live um but contributing to the game and studio team we have jennifer botterill Tariq El-Bashir and Jackie Redman from the NHL Network. Um, so a very solid team here um, to call. I mean, I think this is going to be a really good team, honestly. But um, just going into things here, we have um, obviously the NHL is not returning. It's coming to TNT after that deal was signed with Turner Sports um, a couple months ago. But the the network will host a national broadcast doubleheader on October 13th, uh, with the first game being between the New York Rangers and the Washington Capitals, followed by the nightcap of the Chicago Blackhawks taking on the Colorado Avalanche in Denver. Uh, it would also be the broadcast home for the 2022 Winter Classic between the 
as we previously mentioned, Minnesota Wild and St. Louis Blues held at Target Field. But, uh, I mean, there's going to be a good slate of games here on TNT and obviously ESPN being the other main broadcast for the NHL at this point after a 15-year run on NBC came to an end with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning winning that game, well, winning the Stanley Cup against the Montreal Canadiens this past season. But uh, a lot to look forward to here with these new broadcasts. We got a little bit of a taste, Dave. I don't know if you caught this the other day. With It was the New York Fire Department against the New York Police Department's hockey teams. I did see they played. MSG. Uh, it was actually really cool. I think it was the first time the game has been broadcast because this obviously this year is the, the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. Um, but that was good hockey. Uh, but I watched that, and they had uh, – it was John Bougiegrass on the call with Kevin Weeks. Uh Pucci Cross, I'm on the fence about him as a commentator. Seems like a great guy, but I don't know if I can really dig his style. But I love Kevin Weeks. He's awesome. I've loved him on NHL Network, on uh, NBC Sports. I mean, he's always been great. But um, they're two of the mainstays. They'll be two of the mainstays on ESPN, along with, uh, I'm forgetting other people's names, but you can just go look on online for them. But, I mean, there's, again, there's a lot to look forward to with the new broadcast homes for the NHL this year. Um, the league has a huge opportunity to market itself, mainly the players, to uh, current fans, to bring in new fans, to just make things more interactive. Uh, just, again, to make their players seem more human, as we've talked about before, doing things that they do with the NBA and the MLB, where they do uh, players walking down the tunnel, showing off their outfits. I mean, you have guys like Austin Matthews and David Posternock who come dressed to the nines in these, these cool outfits uh, before the game. See, I mean, there's a sponsorship opportunity right there, or it's like you have little kids or even people our age where it's like, I want to look like Austin Matthews when I walk down the tunnel. <laughs> I don't know if I would do that because I probably can't afford any of that clothing. But um, well, what you what you could afford is some pit vipers like David Pasternak. True. Um, but I mean, you even see it on like NBC, like when they do uh, the football, like when they do NFL games, yeah, they show like, mm-hmm. I mean, they show Aaron Rodgers, they show guys like Cam Newton or any, like any of those guys just coming into the stadium with their, with their fits on as the kids call them these days. Um, but I mean, again, there's, there's huge opportunities for uh, the NHL to just to market itself way better than it has in the past in, with these new broadcasting homes. But Dave, with all that being said, uh, any thoughts on the NHL on TNT broadcast team? Well, I think I think it's gonna be a, it's gonna be really well. It's gonna be a well-run production. TNT knows how to do sports, and their basketball production crew is fantastic with Shaq and Barkley on there. So I mean, the fact that you you've got Gretzky, you've got Biz, Rick Tocca, we've already touched on this podcast. But I mean, there's yeah. a really it's a really good panel, and the, those guys know their stuff and. You need Wayne Gretzky back in like the main spotlight for hockey, and having having him on TV is fantastic. Yeah. Um. So I I personally I love these moves. You know, Biz is a bit of a polarizing character for some who might not be a fan of who his current employer is with Spitting Chicklets and Borschel Sports. Um. But you know, <laughs> the the guy really, I personally am a Paul Biz Paul Bissonette fan. I always have been. Um. I will defend the guy from time to time. I'm not trying to get on a soapbox, get political here. Um, but, you know, compared to some of the guys at Barstool who you kind of go Ooh, at, Biz to me doesn't really fit that reputation. And he might have in the past some people. But, I mean, if, I'm not trying to give a free ad for chiclets here. But he really has throughout the years matured yes. and become much more of a more professional broadcaster. And he wouldn't get hired to be on national television if he wasn't. So yeah. I, I did see a quite bit of a flack on the Twitter.com today over his choice of being named from people who are just violently, you know, anti him. Give him a shot. That's, that's all I got to say. Just give the broadcast a chance. And from personally, being the guy, from my own experience, you were there also, Mastro, you know, yeah. treating me with nothing but respect and was a, was a great chat for five minutes. So I've got but no I, ill will. I'm yeah, excited. Then, I'm just excited to see TV. I'm so to see hockey on TV. And it's excited not, to watch TV. <laughs> excited to watch TV in general. Uh, but re- rewatching House of Cards with the wife right now, and we just finished Uh-oh. Breaking Bad and Orange is the New Black. So we're like rewatching shows. There you so, go. Um, but no, I'm just excited to see hockey back on TV and it being different because NHL and NBC got bland and it got boring and predictable. 
So now you've got the biggest network in sports for you know ESPN and the second biggest in TNT now, and you've got hockey back on those networks. It's going to yeah, be. I mean, again, you have you have hockey back on. Hockey is back with the big four leagues where TNT and ESPN they broadcast. I'm pretty sure they broadcast every other like of the big four sports leagues, including, yes. I mean, you have like every major sporting event for the most part on ESPN. You have TNT who does pretty much like, I mean, again, hockey is in its rightful home at this point when it comes to broadcasting. And uh, it's just, I mean, it's up to both the league and the players to take full advantage of it. Definitely. It's, I mean, it, Hit the button right on the head. And if they can get players coming out of their shells, kind of like I know we didn't touch on this. Another thing coming out of the weeds tonight. I don't know if you saw the the article that got released with about Connor McDavid pretty much telling the officials to call the rule book and call the game properly. Uh-huh. Um, that got some traction today on Twitter.com. So, hey, I mean, I'm all but for That's it. also a thing where it's like, again, I've said this before, where, like, we see all the drama that goes on with the NBA but that's stuff gets, that people want to see. Like exactly, that, gets, that gets ratings. Where when you see like the oh James Harden when wants to get traded because he hates like Kawhi Leonard or something like that. I don't even know if they're on the same team. I'm not a big NBA guy, but I know a few names. But it's like that's the stuff that people like to see, and like that that gets people involved. Where it's like oh like there's off ice drama between like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, or like they want to create like this would never. I don't think this would happen in the NHL, but it's like. Connor McDavid wants to go to like wants to create a super team in Edmonton like they do in the NBA where they want to like they're like yo come here come like come here for like two years we'll win a championship and then go to a different team well, like, to do that you need some major changes to the South. yeah I was gonna say Edmonton needs a complete overhaul to be anywhere close to a super team just to be a better team but yeah, you know what I mean where it's like <laughs> as they say there's there's no such thing as bad publicity where even if you're you're stirring the pot a little bit with things off the ice or on the ice where it's like, I mean, again, you have guys like, I don't know, this might be a long shot, but like, and it's probably not good to market fighting in the league, but it's like, you have like, if you have like a matchup between actually Reeves is on who's Ryan Reeves on now. I forget. I got to do a refresher of all my free agents, but Oh, he's on the Rangers. Yeah. 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 So like, if you do, Oh, and they have, you have Washington and New York on as the first game on TNT. There's your marketing right there. I mean, again, you don't want to market fighting, but you literally have two of the the physical titans in the NHL up against. Oh the yeah, Celtics. I'm I'm taking uh, the the over under on a Revo Wilson tilt. I'm you know that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, and again, like you see like things that happen throughout the season where like you see like. We saw it with the Rangers and the Capitals when they played after that whole Panarin-Wilson thing where we saw that line brawl and all those fights in the first period. The the layman hockey fans want to see fights. I mean, us as diehard hockey fans love to see fights too, but it's like, hey, if you are like, oh, like I wonder what sports are on tonight. Uh, oh, there's a hockey game between the Rangers and the Capitals, and you turn it on and there's a line brawl going on, and you're not like a diehard hockey fan, even if you just love hockey fights, you're probably still going to watch that. And even if you're not a hockey fan, if you turn on TNT, you see what's on because you see the hockey's on, and you turn on to that, you're like, oh, I'm going to watch this for a little bit. So. Yeah, and then, I mean, again, word of mouth is also, is they say, is the best advertising where if that person goes into work the next day and was like, yo, I watched this crazy hockey fight on ESPN or TNT last night, and they're like, no way, like, do you want to watch a game and, like, see if there are any fights? And it's like... Maybe a fight doesn't happen, but they see a highlight real goal. And I mean, it just, you, you gotta get, it gets the people going, which is exactly. cool. I mean, you can hear exactly. it in my voice right now where it's getting me going. Where, I mean, TNT, again, right out of the gate, you have the Rangers and the Capitals. You have just, it's, it's a spark plug, it's a powder keg. And I mean, it's gonna be awesome. I'm just excited for hockey at this point. We should probably end this because I can just go on, on a tangent about how excited I am. Yes, definitely. I I feel like we've addressed everything we've needed to address this week. Um, I believe, Master, we'll probably need to talk about this more off of the air, but coming up here, obviously with the season coming into um, start here, I believe this will, might be our last two-week break. Beginning to start? Yeah, I, I feel like our next episode, 
this will be our last, you know, our next episode on the 29th. And I feel like, you know, that's going to be the 29th is going to be right after the preseason started. And then the sixth in the middle of preseason, we're going to be back to doing every week soon. So if, if you if you are a, a, a fan of the podcast who's missed hearing all of the voices every week instead of every other, well, don't you worry. You'll get sick of us soon enough. Precisely. <laughs> uh, but with that, before this gets too off the rails, uh, we will obviously keep a tab on things. Knowing the Flyers, they're they're going to announce something tomorrow or Friday. Or um, that's tonight. pretty big news. That's going to make us go, oh, whoa, thanks. Uh, yep. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Everyone, we hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Um, obviously, those who were honoring the 9-11 anniversary earlier uh, last weekend, hope everyone paid your respects to that. I know I'll never forget where I was when I witnessed that on TV happen. Yeah. Um, we wish everyone still doing with that, you know, our our best wishes and uh, thoughts and prayers, etc. Um, but with that, you know, everyone gear up. Flyers hockey is it's it's it is around the corner technically back tomorrow for those listening for those listening that'll be tomorrow afternoon whenever the podcast goes live tonight but you know it we we are there we made it through the off season and sooner than later you want to listen to mash and I rambling for an hour you will actually have a structured podcast where we are either praising or critiquing the hell Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, and I cannot wait. So with that, everyone, enjoy your evening slash day slash weekend. Get ready. Big things are happening. Let's go, Flyers.